Let's read this together. Colossians 3, verses 16 and 17, and here's what it says. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God. In whatever you do, in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. This is the word of the Lord. Amen. 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 Well, good morning, church. It's Labor Day, so that's okay. I'll give you that. It's Labor Day weekend. It's a little, little sluggish. Let's try it one more time. Good morning, church. It is so good to see everybody here this morning. Uh, as Kyle said, my name is Ryan Garrett, and if I hadn't had the chance to meet you, I hope I get to after our service this morning. It's always a privilege to come down to our Riverdale campus uh, to preach, and I, I really do thank Kyle for allowing me the opportunity to, uh, to be here today. You know, I, as I was here last time, I had a lot of people come and tell me that Riverdale was the best campus out of all the LifePoint campuses. I hear that often, and, and you put your money where your mouth is because not only do you have uh, two services, you have an extra service uh, on Sundays because of all that God is doing, and, and your leaders are working hard, and, and hard work's a value of life point. That's something that we, we really take serious and we look at. And so God is blessing the leadership here. And as we think about hard work, I mean, America takes hard work serious, don't we? I mean, it's, it's one of those things we, we look at as a key value. Uh, according to research, the 25% uh, of Americans, they, they, excuse me, Americans work 25% more hours than Europeans, take less vacations, we retire a lot later. Um, uh, but when COVID hit, just like so many other things, it changed the scope of working and it changed the mindset of working. Have you heard of this new phenomenon called quiet quitting? Have you heard of that before? It's, it's kind of a new thing. It's, it's, it's really doing the minimum amount of work with the least enthusiasm as possible just to get through so people don't really quit their jobs. They just don't do their work while they are at their jobs and do as little as possible. And a lot of millennials right here, I know, I'm, I'm, I hate to admit that I am one, but a lot of millennials were going, okay, boomers, stop talking, you know, and we're going back and forth when we talk about it. And, and when we think about this, this isn't just for millennials or boomers, 50% of Americans are quiet quitters. That's a, that's a staggering statistic. And I see this around a lot. I mean, people have been quiet quitting uh, for a while. I've got some people in my neighborhood who quiet quit on their yards for a while. You know what I'm saying? I mean, they've done that for, for many, many years. I mean, uh, but, but it's not just at work. It's also when it comes to parenting. A lot of parents have quietly quit on their kids and parenting properly or marriages, uh, spouses are quietly quitting on their other spouse. I mean, this is, this is a phenomenon that, that takes place in work. It takes work, uh, place in school, in our homes. And so we're, we're going to talk about uh, today as we are on the eve of Labor Day, we could talk about two things. We could talk about giving birth and we could talk about work. I'm qualified to talk about both, but we're going to talk about work today. You might be a little thankful for that. So we're going to talk about what it means to be a hard worker. So we're going to try to answer two questions. If you're taking notes, we're going to try to answer two questions this morning. Number one, why should we work hard? And number two, what does it mean to be a hard worker? 
So number one, why should we work hard? And number two, what does it mean to be a hard worker? So at the end of the day, why do we even work hard anyway? Because hard work leads to success. Hard work leads to success. Now we're going to be in the book of Proverbs a lot today. So if you're taking notes, I'll give you the address. You can jot those down. But Proverbs 24, 33 says this, a little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands to rest and poverty will come upon you like a robber and want like an armed and armed man. Now we, when we look at uh, Proverbs, we've got to remember Proverbs are principles for living, not promises for life. They're principles for living, not promises for life. So many of us think we don't have because we're not gifted enough or uh, we're not smart enough or doggone it, people just don't like us. I mean, uh, we, we, we weren't born like Ricky Schroeder with that silver spoon in our hand. You remember that? So, I mean, don't get me wrong. There's societal injustices that affect success. I mean, that's, that's a true statement, but not the biggest reason we're on, we aren't successful. Proverbs tells us we don't have and people don't have because honestly, at the end of the day, they're too lazy to work for it. Have you ever heard this saying? Uh, you might have said it just like me. Work smarter, not You know who says that? Lazy people. I mean, we really do. That's what it has. Because lazy people make excuses. Lazy people make excuses. Uh, they, they say things like, oh, the work is just too hard. Or my boss, they, they just don't like me. They're putting all this pressure on me. I can't do, I can't work in these conditions. My office is way too hot or my office is way too cold. I can't work with my hands. I might get them dirty. We make these excuses and, you know, there's 30% of people that were surveyed about their jobs that say they don't like their boss, sabotage their work for their businesses. Isn't that crazy to think about? That's crazy to think about. It gets me thinking about Steve Jobs. Maybe you've heard of Steve Jobs. Remember him? He's one of the greatest entrepreneurs of our generation. He, he built this massive company, but he, he wasn't born into wealth. He wasn't born into money. His adopted parents had meager jobs. I mean, he went to college and dropped out after one semester. Uh, he, 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 wasn't, he, he wasn't even in the best health. He battled constant kidney stones in the last seven years of his life. He dealt with pancreatic cancer. I mean, this dude, this dude had everything really against him, but he had an incredible work ethic, an incredible work ethic. It said that he would wake up at, or excuse me, get to work at 7 a.m. and work till 9 p.m. every day as he's running companies as Apple and Pixar. I mean, this dude had an incre incredible work ethic. And so he goes on to make, some of the, the best computers out there, Macs. And then he goes to make the iPod, which revolutionized music. I mean, how, when was the last time, think about it, when was the last time you bought a CD? Some of you don't even know what a CD is. But I mean, when was the last time we have it? Because we have everything on a, uh, on, from our iPods to now our cell phones, our iPhones that most of you have in your hand. And if you have an Android, we'll, we'll pray for you. But, um, <laughs> but why do I mention Steve Jobs? Because we're not all born into uh, success. We're not born into being a, a CEO or brilliant inventors or creative investors. Uh, by God's grace, you'll achieve greatness through an enormous amount 
of hard work. And that's what we're going to talk about today. British researchers concluded that evidence doesn't support the notion that excelling is a consequence of possessing innate gifts. In other words, hard work determines success. Hard work determines success. In many fields, at least elite performers, it might take them 20 to 30 years to hit their zenith. I mean, success isn't handed to anyone. It requires hard work. I love this quote from Thomas Edison. Opportunity is missed by most because it's dressed in overalls and looks like work. Jonathan Edwards, uh, when we think about work, we can uh, correlate this from work to worship. Jonathan Edwards, one of the greatest theologians uh, in in America, he he would wake up at 4 or 5 a.m. and spend 12 to 13 hours every day in his study to prep for his messages and just spend time in the Word. Now, I I realize, look, I realize we're not all going to be pastors and we're not all going to be theologians, but growing in Christ doesn't happen just, just magically. Not, as soon as we become a Christian, we know everything. It takes work. It takes sacrifice. And out of an overflow, we work hard. And we're going to talk about that today. And it's interesting that a lot of people in our culture look at work as a curse. They really do. It's, it's really just a, a necessary evil, a means to an end to retire. And friends, honestly, that's not biblical. That's not biblical. I mean, even God told Adam in the garden to keep the land for, and, and cultivate the the horticulture, I mean, cultivate the plants. I mean, do what you have to do to grow these plants. I remember hearing a story about Clint Eastwood. He was playing golf with Toby Keith, and I realize this probably sounds like a bad joke, but it's not. So he's, he's playing golf with Toby Keith, and Toby Keith was amazed. He was, it was two days before he went to go shoot that movie, The Mule. You remember that came out a couple of years ago? It's two days before he, he's about to go shoot that movie. He's playing golf, and he's 88 years old. He's 88 years old. And, and Keith looks at Eastwood and says, what's the secret? What's the, what's the secret in what you're doing? You're this old, and you're out here uh, just doing great on the golf course, and you're about to go shoot this movie. At 88, what's the secret? He, he looked at him, and I love this. He said, I don't let the old man in. I love that. I love that. Uh, I, I remember sitting in this little country church in Loganville, Georgia. That's where I grew up. Anybody know where Loganville is? Okay, four. Yes, all right. So we got four people that know where Loganville is. That's, that's great. So I grew up in this small country church. And this, we had pews, so we didn't have comfortable chairs like this. We had the hardback pews. It was great. And so this little, short, little old lady used to always, we sat behind her every week. She was the little old lady in church that would hand you the mints. Like she would just turn around and give you the mint. And, and, uh, and Miss Mary, well, Miss Mary lived to be 101 years old. And my, my dad and I would drive past her house many a day and see her out cutting her grass at 93. She cut push mowed her yard until she was 93 years old. She knew the value of hard work. And I, I think a lot of people, it's, it's a proven thing that a lot of people retire and they immediately go into depression because they don't have anything to do. And now here's the deal. I'm not saying you can't retire. I'm not, I'm not saying that. I'm not saying even scripture talks about Levitical priests retiring around the age of 50. Retirement from a job is biblical, but uh, we can't retire from work. 
We can't retire from work. We need to work, whether that's serving at the food bank or working at Citibank, we were made to work. I love what Solomon says in Ecclesiastes 3. Let me read that. He has made everything beautiful in its time. Also, he has put eternity into man's heart, yet so that he cannot find out what God has done from the beginning to end. I perceive that there is nothing better for them than to be joyful and do good as long as they live. Also, that everyone should eat and drink and take pleasure in all his toil, his work. This is God's gift to man. I mean, even Solomon said that work needs to be balanced with joy uh, and enjoying life, eating and drinking, and, but working hard. And, 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 and the Bible never promotes workaholism. You know what that is. You know who, you've seen a workaholic. You know, they, they can't stop checking their emails. They work all the time. They're thinking about ways to make money. They're, they can never turn their brains off of work. And yes, we are made to work, but we're also made to rest. I mean, think about God. He gives us a perfect example. He, in, in his creation, for six days he worked, and on the seventh, he rested. And, and when we think about this balance, we have to work this balance out in our lives. I mean, we were made to work, yes, we're, but we're made to, to rest as well. And, and I'm not saying that if we work hard, it will always produce the success that we desire. I'm not saying that. Some will work hard and never achieve that success. Uh, but it's a general truth that hard work is one of the most important things to, to determine success. One of the biggest encouragements my wife and I have received was from my, my daughter's previous employer. My daughter got her first real job. She was working at a, a clothing store and she was doing great. And she wanted to uh, work at a coffee shop. This just happened just recently. And she goes in and we, we were coaching her through it. She turned in her two weeks notice and she worked out her two weeks notice. And during that two weeks, her bosses were constantly coming to her and saying, I, I wish you would stay. I wish you would stay when you turn 18 because she's 17 now. When you turn 18, we, we were hoping to promote you into management. And I, I was like, wow. When she told us that, I was so blown away because I think about my wife and I's family. My wife's dad, he works so, so hard. My, my family, my granddad uh, grew up uh, on the tobacco farm of his granddad. And my granddad worked hard at GM. And that put a, a fire in my dad to work in the factory and, and work in, as a plastics manager and do really well. And so he put that into my heart. And my wife and I want to pour that into our children's heart. That's, that's a great joy that my kids are working hard. But working hard says a lot about who we are, right? It shows our character. And so as we look at this, we see the second question of the day. What does hard work look like in God's eyes? What does God, hard work look like in God's eyes? I think there's three ways. I think there's three things that hard work looks like in God's eyes. Number one, hard work requires personal responsibility. Personal responsibility. Number two, regular work regular work. And number three, working for Jesus. So let's think and let's talk about personal responsibility for a second in that aspect of hard work. Well, got to go back to Proverbs. I love, I love these Proverbs. Proverbs 6 says this, go to the ant, O sluggard, 
Consider her ways and be wise. Without having any chief, officer, or ruler, she prepares her bread in summer and gathers her food in harvest. You know, an ant doesn't need anyone to tell them what to do. It, it, it just does what they do. They just do it. They've got a massive amount of personal responsibility. And, and what they do is they prep for the, the future. They prepare today to, for the things that come tomorrow. So they prepare today for the things that come tomorrow. Now, let me ask this. Uh, do, do you need your spouse to tell you to pick up your clothes or do the dishes? Do you need your boss to tell you uh, what to do? Some, I, sorry about that for some of you. Um, <laughs> seemed like I touched a nerve there for a second. Do you need your boss to tell you, how, you know, what to do in your job or how to take initiative or how to so solve problems? I mean, people who don't have personal responsibility, you know what they do? They, they procrastinate. They procrastinate. Uh, it reminds me of one of my favorite episodes of Andy Griffith. I, I, anybody else grow up? I love Andy Griffith. I, it's one of my favorite shows. I try to watch it with my kids. And it was that episode where Jed Clampett was a guest star on the show, Buddy Epson. And so he goes on the show, and he's playing this drifter. And Andy, uh, ha, he, he has a funny feeling about this guy, but Opie just thinks he's, he's the coolest because he's a hobo and he's got the stick with the little satchel or the little sack behind it, you know, and he just thought he was the really, just the coolest. And, and so he's like, okay, I'll give you a shot. I'll give you a chance at a job. I, I've got some bushes that need to be trimmed at the house. And, and so you go do that. And, and that's what he did. He went to the house and, and so he starts to work, as he starts to get to work, he sits down on the front porch in Mayberry with Opie. Opie, and Opie's like, all right, it's time to work. It's time to get the job, uh, get the job done. And I'll never forget what he says. He looks at Opie and says this, it's the perfect day to start any job tomorrow. Most marvelous day that was ever invented. Why, there's absolutely nothing a man can't do tomorrow. I love that. But hard workers don't procrastinate. They don't, tell, they don't need someone to tell them what to do or when to do it. They just step up to the plate, take ownership, and do work. They do work. But there's another aspect of hard work. That's, that's regular work. Solomon, again, has something to say about that. Proverbs 28, 19. Whoever works his land will have plenty of bread, but he who follows worthless pursuits we will have plenty of poverty. A couple of years back, uh, I had a young adult come to me, and he was all excited. He was super excited. He said, Ryan, I was like, okay, all right, well, talk to me about that. Yeah, I turned in my two-week notice. They told me I could go ahead and leave. It was incredible. All right, well, where, where are you going to go? What's, what's the next venture? I'm excited to hear what's happening next. And he said, well, uh, you know, I'm really good at video games. All right, I kind of knew where this was going, but uh, explain to me, you're really good at video games. He said, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, uh, I've, I've, I've kind of looked it up, and, and I can make a lot of money m uh, being a YouTuber playing my video games, and people just following me. Okay. You, you still live at your mom's house, don't you? Yeah. All right, well, I just, I just tried to encourage him, you know, did the best I could, and, and right now he's not, his YouTube channel doesn't have a whole lot of followers right now. I mean, I think about this, I think about uh, uh, this study that I heard recently. 
about uh, these uh, American kids and Chinese kids were interviewed and asked in elementary school, what do you want to be when you grow up? Very simple question. The Chinese children uh, answered the question, most of them resounding, I want to be an astronaut. I want to be an astronaut. And then most, most extraordinary answer came out of the American children. What do you want to be when you grow up? I want to be an influencer. Wow. Wow. Now, again, I'm not saying you can't make a lot of money uh, having a YouTube channel or having something on Twitch. I'm not saying that you can't make a ton of money. But what I am saying is you you probably should be ready to live in a van down by the river if you're not willing to work hard. I mean, this hard work, we're, we're created for that. I would encourage you, go to school. Learn a trade. Find a job. Work hard and do your best. I was talking to my dad uh, a couple of weeks ago, and he was telling me he's on the verge of retirement, and I'm so excited for him. He's been working so hard. But I said, what are you going to do? Because he's really good with his hands, and uh, just, just he can figure out anything. I said, what are you going to do after you retire? He said, you know what? I'm, I'm just going to get me a little job at, at, a, at a machine shop and just work on small engines as much as I can. I said, man, good for you, Dad. Way to go. He understands that, that, that work ethic, and, and, but it all comes, his work, his work ethic comes from his relationship with Jesus. It really does. I mean, at the end of the day, hard work only leads to success. It only leads to success, and it requires you to work for Jesus. Work for Jesus. Colossians 3 says this, whatever you do, work heartily as for the Lord and not for men, knowing that from the Lord you will receive the inheritance as your reward. You are serving the Lord Christ. You can work hard and receive all the blessings that come from your hard work, yet still be an enemy of God. Some work hard because they're envious of what other people have. Other, others work hard because they're materialistic. They, uh, they, they want money to buy more stuff. They, they buy things that they don't need with money they don't have to impress people they don't like. I mean, some work hard because that is their meaning and purpose. Their whole lives are wrapped up in who they are at their job. Some people work hard just because they want praise or accolades from the people that they're working for. They need that attaboy. And all these reasons, honestly, all these reasons are evil in the, eye, in the eyes of our Lord. But at the end of the day, there's no amount of accolades or achievement that will satisfy the emptiness of the soul, right? There's nothing that will satisfy. Hard work, uh, to, to work hard in a way that pleases God, we must, we must look past the money or we look, must look past meaning, but we should work hard for Jesus to obey him and make him known. I think about this. If God wanted someone else to do the job that you're doing right now, if, if, if God wanted someone else to be in the seat that you have, guess what? He would have put someone else to sit in that seat. You are where you are to make God known. I mean, it, to, to obey him. And, and it can be hard sometimes, right? I'm sure there's many of you in this room that have gotten an email that, that talks about how you have to go against or things that go against your Christian values, against the Word of God, and you feel that tension of what to do. 
And I, I promise you, as a believer in Christ, you'll stand out. You will stand out if you work hard, stand by your convictions. And when they come to you and say, hey, you need to put your pronouns at the end of the, your email signature, and you say, no, your manager, your boss will, look at, look, will get your back and look at HR and say, no, 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 I've got, I got their back. I, they're, they're valuable to me. Oftentimes I hear of, of students who are athletes and they say, well, I have to miss church for a practice on Sundays or, or practice on Wednesday nights and I just can't make it. I can't go. I've got, I've got this commitment. I've got to, that, that, I, I got to do these things. And I say, okay, first off, where's your first commitment? And that's to Jesus. That's your first commitment. If you're a believer in Christ, your first commitment is to Jesus. And the second thing is, what would it say to your, your coach if you go out there and bust your tail every single day on the field, you do the hard, you be the hardest worker in the room. And then when you go to your coach and say, hey, can I leave early to go to church? Or hey, I can't make this because I've got a commitment at church on Sunday or Wednesday. They'll look at you and go, absolutely. I've seen how hard you work. Or if they say no, hey coach, can I run some laps on Thursday? This is really important to me. And they said, well, you're not going to start on Friday night. That, that's okay. If you're working hard, you might not start the first play, but coach is going to put you in the second play because he sees the value in your hard work. And, and we work hard in our jobs. We work hard in our sports because hard work gives us success. It does through the eyes of the Lord. And how do we understand this? How do we understand this? Because Christianity is the only religion, is the only religion that you don't have to do anything. You don't have to do anything. There's not a list of rules. There's not a list of do's and don'ts to, to receive salvation. It, there's not a list, not, not these things that you have to go through or hoops you have to jump through to, to earn salvation. Guess what? It's already been done by the cross of Jesus. So it's not what you do, it's what has been done. And so all these other religions are exactly that. They're religions, and we have a relationship with Jesus. And our relationship with Jesus causes us to step up. It's an overflow of what we do in our jobs and our businesses and how we conduct ourselves. It's an overflow. I mean, I think about this. We were sinners. Every one of us were sinners. We were born into sin. I can prove it to you right now. How many of you have ever told a lie? Raise your hand. If you didn't raise your hand, guess what? You're a liar and you're a sinner. So we've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And because we have sin in our hearts, we need forgiveness of our sins. And we couldn't do that on our own. We couldn't do that on our own. We, had to put, we have to put our faith and trust in the one who did. Jesus never sinned. He never messed up. He was perfect in all of his ways, all of his thoughts, all of his actions. He was absolutely perfect. And he went to the cross. He wasn't lazy about it. He had every right to go, you know what? I'm not going to the cross today. See how these people treat me? I've been beaten up. I've been whipped. I've been tortured. Why should I go to the cross for them? He wasn't lazy. He stepped up and took responsibility for us. We deserve the cross. He took that for us, and he died on the cross. And that's what Scripture says. While we were still sinners, guess what? Christ died for us. And that wages of sin was eternal separation from God forever. 
but through Christ and the work that he did on the cross, and not just the cross, raising from the dead, offers us salvation. And so as a Christian in this room today, we are called to work out our salvation. Scripture says to work for us to work out our salvation. I wish I could say when you get saved, you have all understanding from the, of the Bible. You know all of God's ways at that moment of salvation. But friend, that's not how it works. We have to actively work out this salvation. We wake up in the mornings. That might mean we don't hit the snooze button three times. We wake up the first time our alarm gets off, uh, uh, goes off. And we set our time enough where we can go through our morning routine and sit down and read God's Word. I, re- I heard something recently about reading God's Word because that, one of the things, I love what LifePoint is doing. We're, we are doing so many ways to try to help you stay in God's Word. We started at the beginning of this year in the reading plan. Uh, as we go through uh, this new series in Daniel, we're going to be walking this out bold in Babylon, and we're going to have reading, uh, readings for you to do with your family. It's going to be amazing. You don't want to miss this series. It's, it's going to be super awesome. But you have to, you have to set uh, the desire in your heart to say, okay, God, I want to hear from you. And when we read our scriptures, and it might be familiar I want to challenge you, don't just read your Bibles to inform, read your Bibles to transform. Transform you, because that's what Jesus does in our lives. He takes us and transforms us. He's, 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 breathing, he's breathing life in dead lungs so that we could have life for Christ. And as we have this life for Christ, it, it should shine before all men, whether we're at Walmart or the, or the workplace. We need to let our lives shine. And be obedient to that. And so today, I want you to be thinking. I, I know tomorrow you're not working. Praise the Lord. It's going to be awesome. It's a great day. Labor Day is awesome. But what are we going to do this week? How are we going to live this out? How are, how are people going to see who we are in Christ this week? I think one way, I really do, is just working hard for the kingdom showing a good character in our lives if we know Christ. And today, if you're a believer, that's, that's our call, to work hard for Him. If you're not a believer today, we want that for you. We want you to see that it's not the things that we do, it's all been done through Jesus. And so today, I, I just want to encourage you with that. I, I, I'm excited to see how God's going to move in and through our lives through His Word. Let's pray today. God, we love you. We thank you for the cross. We thank you for the resurrection. We thank you for this word that we have that gives us insight to how to live this life out every single day. Father, I ask in the name of Jesus that you would bless us, that we would honor you with the things that we say, that we would honor you with the things that we do. God, I pray that we would work hard for your kingdom, not for us, not for uh, uh, boy or a pat on the back, our back, God, that you would be pleased because we're being an example of what you've done for us. And may people come to know you, Jesus. May people come to know, have faith in you, Jesus, through us because they see our character and the way we work. So God, I love you. I thank you for today. Encourage those believers 
God, for those who don't know you today, God, I pray that today would be the day of salvation, that they would confess with, with their mouth that, Jesus, you are Lord, and they would believe in your heart, God, that you raised your son, Jesus, from the dead. It's that easy that they would be saved. And so, God, encourage us today through, uh, through as, we, as we continue to sing, as we pray, as we read our words this, this week, God. Make us more like your son, Jesus. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Let's stand together, and here's what we're going to do. Our band is going to lead us through another song, and we're going to worship. We're going to have some deacons come down. And if maybe you're here today, and you just want to pray through what we've talked about this morning. Maybe you want to, want to talk to them about salvation. They'll be down front. Kyle and I will be back in the, in the uh, Pastor Connection area. We would love to talk to you today. So as we worship, let us ponder and remember what God has taught us through his word. Let's sing together.